Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Dan, today we're going to talk about our Strategic Coach core values, which I am very excited about. We've done this several different times over the years, and this version is very clear and very succinct and very beautifully illustrated now also by our beautiful uh, Hamish, our, our wonderful cartoonist. So let's talk through what those four different core values are so that people really know what Coach is about and what we endeavor to live both internally and externally. Yes, well, just to make it very concise on one sheet of paper is, so there's four very distinct areas where we talk about the values. And these are things that really get reinforced every day in everything we do. And I'll just give you the four. The first area is growth and results. So we're a business in the marketplace, you know, and our ability to stay in the marketplace depends upon constant growth and bigger and better results. The second part is how we do that is called positive and collaborative teamwork. So, you know, one of the foundational stones of everything in Strategic Coach is unique ability. And then two things, you want to more and more get masterful at your own personal unique ability, and then you want to be able to increase your teamwork with other people's unique abilities. So growth and results, positive and collaborative teamwork. Number three is first-class experience. So right from the beginning, and I've had a real eye for people who package really well, people who create really great experiences, you know, in all areas of life. I look a lot at the hospitality industry, restaurants, hotels, cruises, and just how well they treat people who are customers and clients who come in for those experiences. So repeating again, growth and results, positive and collaborative teamwork, first-class experience. And then as each individual in the company and also the company as a whole, is that there's four qualities that we'd like everybody to show up with every day, and that is alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful. And you're Growth as an individual in Strategic Coach accounts very, very highly how you become more alert, more curious, responsive, and resourceful. So these are the four areas. Once again, growth and results, number one, positive and collaborative teamwork, number two, first-class result, number three, and alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful. Now, I'll go deep mm-hmm, <laughs> with mm-hmm. each one of them. So let's kick off with growth and results. I really like this one, and I have my own thoughts about it too. But it's really great that it's both people growing and also so that the company grows and our clients are growing. Yeah. I really, really like things to always have an excitement about them, you know, that every part of our company, every area of different activity, different unique ability that strategic coach team members have. I like to see growth and I like to see the focus on growth. So we're always aligning ourselves with and we're focusing on and we're championing the individual and team goals that most support the company's growth and results. And we just completed not too long ago our 30th anniversary of the start of the Strategic Coach as a workshop program. So that was November of 1989, November 13th to be precise. So in that very first year, I kept track of what the baseline number was going to be. And we had a 
particular revenue output for the year. And I had been a one-on-one coach before, and this was much larger than I had ever done as a one-on-one coach, where it was just me essentially going to people's offices and you know traveling sometimes across the country to have a coaching session. And now they came to us, and they came to us in numbers. So the first workshop, we had six individuals. But in that year, it grew to about 20, 25 that we would have in a workshop, and it was tremendous, just the growth in revenue results. Also, right from the beginning, we began adding team members, so we grew in team members. And I've always seen that as a very positive thing. I know there's a thought in the world that you try to become a million-dollar company where it's just you and it's technology and you outsource everything, but that doesn't really appeal to me. I like having lots of growth-minded, very talented people around me. I like the crowd. If it's the right crowd, I really like the crowd. But the big thing is that we keep very, very good measurements. We're measuring all the time. We have daily measurements, we have weekly measurements, monthly, quarterly measurements, and then of course annual measurements, and we're always comparing what we've done back to what was previously done, and you can see the jump, you can see the growth. And you know, in one of our, I think probably most impactful concepts in the program, which is the gap in the gain, mm-hmm. we don't have ideals for our goals. We have measurable targets mm-hmm. for our goals. So after 30 years, we look back, and what we did in our 30th year was 230 times the revenues. and. The profits were better <laughs> than the first year. The first year we had profits, but you know it paid for some parties. But now we're a very healthy, very profitable company. And I should say this every year for 30 years, we've been profitable. We had two years when we didn't grow, which was during the downturn mm-hmm. of 08, 09. But we were profitable both of those years. So that's growth and results. It's part of the evaluation of our company as a whole on a team basis and also on an individual basis that we can directly connect what people's day-to-day work is and what kind of results those are producing. Mm -hmm. And just it's really powerful, we'll talk about the team next, but it's interesting about who we attract into our Mm -hmm. organization. They need to be growth-minded and Mm -hmm. also be willing to be accountable for results because that's also what we're endeavoring to do with our clients. So I like the integrity between front and backstage, Mm -hmm. Dan. All right, so let's jump into the next one, positive collaborative teamwork, and that's my jam, so I love this one especially. And our definition here is that we encourage and cultivate a culture of collaboration, respect, and positivity that enhances unique ability teamwork. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As you were talking a little bit as we got started, people need to learn and appreciate and get deeper into their own unique ability, but really it's how it works in coordination and collaboration with other people that mm. that actually produces the results. Mm-hmm. Do you wanna talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, there's kind of two things that I think give greater insight into this particular one is that I'm not really a great believer in equality because I've never had any evidence of it. In other (laughs) words, people say, don't you believe in equality? I said, you know, I would believe in equality, but I don't really see evidence, especially equality among people. And I said, what I do believe is in uniqueness of Mm. individuals. And my sense is that every individual is born 
with a different set of capabilities, a different ability to like certain situations, not like other situations, kind of like conditions, environments, circumstances, situations. The other thing is that we come to grips with very quickly, if we're really going to grow as an individual, that this has to be done in cooperation with other people who have different skills. Mm -hmm. And that the real breakthrough is just finding out what you're great at and gradually reducing all your involvement with things that you aren't good at, but find someone else who compliments you, somebody else who has a different skill, different thing that you reward yourself differently for how you do this. And what we want to do is to get the maximum number of different unique abilities within an overall system of unique ability teamwork. Mm -hmm. So I'm really quick to spot where somebody's got a skill and I said, I think there's a place for that. I think that that skill that they have, and I'll give you a good example. Everyone who is in the coach community right now receives a quarterly book. It's a brand new book. It's a small book. And one of the notable features of our small books is that they have cartoons. And the cartoonist, Hamish McDonald, came to Strategic Coach and for 15 years, 10 years anyway, was a writer. And what I would notice is that when he would be listening to something in a meeting, he'd be drawing little doodles. And these were doodles beyond normal doodling. These were actually little tiny cartoons. And he had beautiful handwriting. And as I found out, he created his own notational shorthand language and everything else. And I just had an opportunity once. It was a dinner that we went out and... He's lived at a distance for most of his time in Strategic Coach because writing can be done at a distance, but so can cartooning. And right now, we work together continually week by week, and we're 1,200 miles apart, but we have some great technology. Earlier, when he first started being an artist, he actually lived in Scotland because uh -huh. he has a liking for that country. That's where his relatives came from. So anyway, we had this really interesting conversation and we're great discussion partners. We like a lot of different things in the world and we like talking about them. And about a week, 10 days after our dinner, he sent me back a 11 inch by 17 inch, 11 by 17 inch cartoon that summed up our entire conversation. And there were about five or six major themes and he had actually cartooned the entire conversation. And I said, whoa whoa, wow, we got to put this to use. And then I'd been thinking about having a lot of smaller books. And so at a certain point, I took a whole bunch of capabilities in our program, including editing capabilities. And, you know, we have a great sound studio with a great sound engineer, Willard Bond, who's actually capturing this as we speak, you know, and so there's a lot of different capabilities we have. And I said, you know, I think the focal point is that we'll just turn out a little book every quarter on one particular idea in Strategic Coach, but I want it cartooned. So it's actually got a number of media in it. One, there's text, like all books have text, but we also have an audio track, mm -hmm. which is not a recitation 
of the text. I said, if you want the text, read the text. But this is where you interview me after the book is written. So we have an audio track, and then we also have a video track, which again, you're interviewing me. But these are different meanings. They have different dimensions to them. And oftentimes, having written the book, we actually create whole new dimensions to what we've written. Mm -hmm. But the big thing is, with every four pages of copy, there are two pages of cartoons. And People love the cartoons, and now it's unthinkable to me that we would go forward without Hamish's cartooning skill. And we have such great teamwork. Just previous to coming on to do this recording, we just sketched out a whole new two pages of cartoons, and it was 16 minutes start to finish. We were just looking at the copy, Mm -hmm. and we got a handle on it. And I'm noticing that both of our skills that we bring to bear— you know, me just basically outlining Mm -hmm. what the content's going to be and then the two of us together just discussing it and then he very, very quickly establishing, you know, what the visual components are. You know, within 24 hours, he'll have come back and that'll all be almost like finished artwork. Mm -hmm. And then we usually do it in three tries and we just get the basic, you know, we get the 10,000-foot level cartoon, and then we drop down to a 1,000 feet, and then we drop in, and we get the final details with all the text that goes along with cartooning. And I just use this Hamish example just to talk about that I'm on the lookout, you know, being along with Babs, we're the two main leaders in Strategic Coach, but what I'm constantly looking out for is any kind of unique skill that somebody has that I think can enhance the overall teamwork of strategic coach. And if they'll take me seriously, because what I often find is that I'm more serious about the thing that they do differently than they're serious about it, Mm -hmm. because they've gone through a school system that discouraged doing things differently. They went through a school system where everybody does the same thing. A lot of them were in job situations before where you were rewarded on the basis of your conformity. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we don't reward conformity here. That's what technology is for. <laughs> technology, you know, I want my computer to operate the same way every time. Mm-hmm. Humans aren't really good at that type of sameness and conformity. It grates on them, and I think it wears them out. So I just said, well, technology is going to take care of a lot of the uniformity and the consistency. So we're just going to free up humans to do unique things, Mm -hmm. but not on your own, not on your own. Your unique ability, as unique as it is, is only valuable to us if you can combine your uniqueness with one, two, three, in some cases, 10 other people's uniqueness. And each of you does the part of the project that gives you the greatest First of all, there's just enormous energy to it. You're motivated, you're fascinated. But the fact that everybody else in your team, and we call everybody a team member at Strategic Coach, they're not employees. The whole point here is that it's all collaboration. And the more unique abilities you can combine in great, open, positive, collaborative Uh work, the bigger and better the results are. That's so true. And it's interesting because people coming in from other environments, not only do they have to learn how to take their own unique ability seriously, they also sometimes have to learn or unlearn certain bad habits 
because that ability to collaborate with others and to appreciate other people's talents and to be a good person with whom to work is something that I think for some people is a little bit of a learning curve. Well, you have to play well with others. Yep. (laughs) You have to do well by yourself in the sense that you have this uniqueness that you're always working on. Mm -hmm. So you have to be doing well when you're by yourself, but you also have to play well better and better as you go along. So people who just want to do their own thing, I just want a job. In the old days, we had to leave a lot of people go and were much clearer and upfront about, look, this is the rule. It's unique ability and unique ability teamwork. Uh And if you take these two things seriously, you'll grow. If you don't take them seriously, you will go. (laughs) And we do say grow or go, actually. That is one of our lines. Dan, let's move to first-class experience, and this is directly from you in my estimation, and our definition here is that we strive for front and backstage excellence Mm -hmm. in creating professional first-class experiences that continually produce wow moments. And that is from the moment you walk into our space to how you're received, to the food, to the experience when you sit down, the team that greets you, Your leadership and clarity on this has been instrumental in Mm -hmm. people's experience of it. And everything from even the hand towels in the restrooms, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're always upgrading that. So can you talk a little bit about how much you appreciated hotels when you were young? Because to me, that was sort of a defining story that adds to this. Well, first of all, I grew up, you know, on a barely surviving farm you know, always close to the line in the 1940s and 1950s. So, you know, this was farm country, 1940s, 1950s, and it was small town America. I think our nearest town had 1,500 people. But the nearest city was Cleveland, so it was about 60 miles. And on one occasion, we went on a shopping trip. It was my mother, and I have an older sister, oldest sister. She's the sister in the family. And they parked underneath what at that time was a four or five star hotel. And Cleveland was like the number five or number six city in the United States, you know. And they had this skyscraper above it was called the Terminal Tower. And up until probably the 1960s, and this was the tallest building west of New York City in the United States. Yeah, the Terminal Tower. It's a beautiful building, still there. And they had this marvelous, marvelous luxury hotel because in the 40s and 50s, first-class travel wasn't by airplane. First-class travel was by train. Mm -hmm. You know, you had sleepers, you had luxury cars and everything like that. And at every big city junction, when some people would take the train during the day, but at nighttime they would sleep over in the hotel, Mm -hmm. you know, and this was really first class. On a trip, I asked my mother if while she and my sister were shopping, you know, and these were big department stores, kind of really great department stores. We don't have those kind of department stores anymore. And I asked if I could just sit in the lobby of this hotel, and it was for about two hours, and I had lunch money, so I ordered a sandwich, and and I said, I'm just going to sit here and take it in. And it was almost like I was bathing myself (laughs) in my future, and I said, I don't know what it's going to take, but I have to tell you, my future looks like this luxury hotel. And I was watching the interaction between the staff and the customers and the customers were all marvelously dressed and the service was impeccable. And I said, 
this is the standard for the rest of my life. And the interesting thing is that I'm the only one in my family that has this. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know where things come from, likings and dislikings. You don't really know where they come from. But I can measure all my progress in life just by how both in my personal life and also in my business life, everything's got to be first class. Everything's got to have a first class quality. And it's interesting because our clients will say, you know, when we come to Strategic Coach, we go to other conferences and we go to other programs and they charge us in some cases just as much as you charge. Or more. Or, or more for participation. But the way that we're greeted, the way that we're treated, the way that we're fed and everything else, you're so far ahead of everybody else. And I said, well, I don't actually compare our course to anybody else's course. So let's say someone is spending, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars a year with us, and you know the top one is fifty right now. Our top for a year, which actually gives you unlimited access to as many programs as you want. I said I just take a look at what other experiences in life people write that size check for, and I said what kind of experience and what they pay that for. It might be 10 days at a New York or London hotel, mm -hmm. Tokyo or wherever they're going. And then all the meals that you're eating there, the restaurants you're eating and everything like that. You know, but for 10 days, it might be $50,000, mm -hmm. you know, and the travel to get there and how you flew there mm -hmm. and how you're transported while you're there and everything else. And I said, that's $50,000. So we have to look at how they're treated when they go to a great restaurant, to a great hotel, at a great resort, you know, and they're traveling and what's it like, how they're taken care of when they're traveling. And I said, everything has to be first class. Everything about it has to be first class. So that's who I'm always looking for. So when I travel, I'm always looking for new ideas of how people do things. Babs and I have just favorite restaurants, favorite other experiences through our, not just our free time, but also when we're traveling business-wise. And we've got this standard, you know, we've got this standard in mind. This is how we mm -hmm. need to be treated. And so we apply that to everything. But the big thing is, and I learned this from the really, really great organizations who provide first-class experience, not only is it that way front stage, mm -hmm. not only is it that that's how they treat their customers, their clients, it's how they treat their staff. Mm -hmm. So there's no inconsistency between the front stage experience that clients can actually experience and how the team members backstage are experiencing it. the first class because, you know, the vast majority of contact between our company and our clients, the entrepreneurs, is through our staff. Right. So if they're getting treated with first class care and first class attention and consciousness backstage, then they'll just pass that on. And we don't have to think about how they're interacting because they'll interact in a first class way. So that's my whole thing. And I'm really passionate about this. I mean, I'm a stickler. I mean, I'm a bit of a ADD wild man in some parts of my life, but when it comes to the experience, I really just watch everything, you know, and I'll point things out. Mm -hmm. You know, something's brought in and, you know, it's a box from the outside and it's unpacked and the box is left there. And I said, what are you going to do with the box? You know, <laughs> get that box out of here. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it served its purpose. It disturbs the environment. So I'm really 
there's a lot of Dan coming through just with this one value, Christian. And I tell you, it handles a lot of other issues, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about that. What other issues does it sort of take care of? I mean, it's interesting because I've been living with this value for my entire career at Coach, which is... More than half your lifetime. <laughs> more than half my life since 1991. It's actually great talking about it because I realize it's, you know, that term unconscious competence. It's just so baked in at this point. But I realize I'm like, oh, I actually need to bring it to the conscious level because if I'm happy or not happy with something, it's because of this mm-hmm. environment. And I just actually kind of take it for granted now, yeah. but that's not something you actually want to take for granted. Well, I think, first of all, I'm really big about physical things. We have a very, very deep and solidly established design formula. All of our materials have to look, well, what the workshops have to look like and everything else. Mm-hmm. You really get graded on restrooms and, you know, how food is. Food. food. <laughs> I mean, if you go to a restaurant and it's a beautiful restaurant, but the kitchen's a mess and the restrooms are a mess. It's the last time that you eat in that restaurant. Something's wrong there. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Things aren't repaired instantly. You know, lights are out, but the lights don't get replaced. And it gives me the jitters. I said, what must morale be like in an organization where you have a 50-foot neon sign at the top of your building and one of the letters is out for six weeks? I said, it kind of tells you that that's just the least of what's wrong with what's going on in that company. They come in the morning, they leave at night. Mm -hmm. Your name only has six letters in it, one of them is out. (laughs) It's even worse when it's the first letter, you know. And yet I've seen this. And yet they're charging thousands, well, hundreds of dollars for a room at night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not cheap places. And (laughs) it's one of the most visible signs in the city of Toronto. And it was out for six months. They didn't replace the neon sign. That shouldn't have been more than an hour after that sign went out that that got repaired. But that's first class, you know. It's so great because our team knows this. We're going to move on to our next one shortly. But you actually had a great way of handling when people come in late to the workshop. You know, and this is a workshop where it starts at 9, ends at 5. There's a full breakfast beforehand. But you actually put out a very clear message in terms of how to handle people when they come in late. So can you share that? Because that, to me, is one of my favorite examples of graciousness, which is one of my adjectives Mm -hmm. for you, and really creating a first-class experience. Yeah, well, first of all, I try to put myself in the position of the person who's late because they've lost a lot of energy because of the fact they're probably perturbed. You know, they're probably Mm -hmm. anxious. You know, I'm sure they value promptness. They value showing up on time Mm -hmm. in their own entrepreneurial world. And I said, you know, we're not going to add to their nervousness. So we want them, when they finally do come and they check in, we have concierges and they go to the concierge desk. I want one of the concierges to actually accompany the person to the workshop room. And then we have a program advisor who's in the room and you actually bring the person in, they find them their chair, and then the program advisor shows them where we are in the lesson plan. We don't make any big deal about it. They said, we're so happy that you made it, and you know, it's a rough travel day. We really understand that that happens. And a lot of our clients, you know, I mean, the majority of our clients, depending on where we're doing the workshop, are actually coming from someplace else, uh-huh. because our four main cities are hubs 
you know, Los Angeles is a big hub, so people come from Singapore. Chicago is a big hub. People come from everywhere, mm-hmm. certainly in North America. Toronto has that quality, too. Toronto is an international city. And then London is probably the most global of all cities. More things connect with London than any other city. So chances are that, you know, 80% of people who come late, it's because they're coming from someplace else. And, you know, there's a lot of unpredictability in daily travel when you're in airlines and other conveyances. So anyway, I want that person to be put at rest right away. But while the program advisor is saying, do you want me to prepare a plate for you because we have great breakfast and coffee? Can I get a coffee and that and everything else? And, you know, we make an arrangement that if they want to take five minutes or 10 minutes to fill up a plate, bring the plate to their desk, because that's totally part of the experience. They can do that, you know, and we just put them at rest, you know, put them at rest. So I said, you know, they appreciate that. You know, if that happened to me, I would appreciate it. So it's always put yourself in the other person's shoes and ask yourself, how are you feeling right now? You wanted to get there on time. It was late. You're caught up in traffic and everything else. And just put them completely. Everything's fine. Yeah. Anything they miss, we'll catch them up with it. Don't you worry about this. You're fine. I love how you're so clear. It's just put people at ease, welcome them. So it's like, oh, we're so glad you're here. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, there's just this deep caring. So when you say first class experience handles a lot of other things, to my mind, it gives our team complete permission to demonstrate their care of the environment, of the building, of our clients, of one another. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a classiness about it that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Dan, let's touch on the last one. Number four, alert, curious, responsive. Yeah, and I just want to bring everybody everybody to date. So our first one was growth and results. Everybody's mm-hmm. activity and coach is measured against, first of all, growth. So mm-hmm. we're seeing growth and then overall results. The second one is positive and collaborative teamwork. It's unique ability extended into teamwork. The third one is first class. Everything has to be a first class experience, both front stage and backstage. Right. So number four, alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful. Remember when you were designing this? And we approach every opportunity with resilience, perseverance, and abundance to maximize and strengthen our impact. Mm -hmm. I love all those words. Yeah. You've given a lot of thought to this and coached it numerous times. So talk about what difference, why is this one of our core values? Well, these four things, what I've noticed, you know, if a person has unique ability and they're operating within unique ability teamwork, then the big question is, are they actually present to what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, what I notice about people who are really present, they're really alert to what's actually going on in the situation and their mind isn't somewhere else. The other thing is when they notice something that's different, they're curious about it. And they said, hey, something just happened here. I'm kind of curious. Why did that happen? You know, we always do it this way, but now we're doing it that way. Is that intentional? Did I miss something? You know, so they notice little variations or anomalies Mm -hmm. on the spot and they ask about them and they're encouraged. And then the other thing is that they're very responsive in the meeting, you know, and I try to keep meetings very short. I try to set up all meetings with a thinking tool like the impact filter and especially the fast version of that, that everybody who's there knows why they're there 
and that everybody's time is valuable. So we don't want to waste time. We don't want to get caught up in the past. We don't want to get caught up in the future. We just want to maximize the value of 15 minutes, a half hour that we have right here. And everybody gets real clear because it's all project work. It's all teamwork work. And everybody's going to make a contribution. And then if it's a new situation, then you're resourceful in saying, well, I've done something like this before. Not completely, but I've done something, so I'm going to just take advantage of what I've done before, and then we're all going to get a chance to learn something new. So there's no point in doing a project if the project isn't on something new. <laughs> you know, It's not to do the old, right? okay? If I'm involved, we're always experimenting with some new idea. We're experiencing some new methods, some new procedures, some new technology. So I want everybody to be fully 100% present, doing extremely well with what they already know how to do, but then being open to something new. Mm -hmm. And I find that if you combine alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful, with collaborative teamwork where everybody's very clear about the results mm -hmm. and everybody's clear about the growth that's available and the entire environment is first class, it's very, very hard to go wrong <laughs> with the growth of your company. It's just very, very hard. You haven't left much room for wrong things to happen. Mm, that's a great, it's like this full wraparound package, isn't it? In yeah. terms of just how we want people to show up. And what's great about having, if we just kind of wrap up all the four core values, is that they really do become a system that attracts the right people. It gives incredible direction to the people who are on the team about what our standards are. And we talked about standards earlier. And then gives a lot of direction about the future mm -hmm. and how we want people to show up, how we will reward and support people. So to my mind, having these summarized into four, which is a new thing for us, is really, really powerful. And our little cartoon here, which listeners can't see, there's a picture of you and Babs in the center. These really are a true representative of you and your mm -hmm. highest standards and what you aspire to, both, again, backstage mm -hmm. and front stage. Mm -hmm. So. Thank you, Dan. This is fantastic information, and I hope it inspires you listening to get really clear on your own core values. Feel free to borrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we'll send this out to them. Yeah, oh, So we'll send it out as a PDF. It's in living color, and it's a beautiful piece of artwork. And, you know, this is on one sheet of paper, really represents how we've learned to be in the world over more than 30 years. I love it, and it will definitely stand for the next 30. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you.